Well, turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And um, you listen quickly. I'll preach quickly. And and I, I know some of you have to get up and go to work in the morning and and that, but um, we'll just we'll just see what the Lord does tonight. Second Timothy chapter four. When you found it, if you don't mind, if you're able to stand to your feet and honor the reading of the Word of God. And this section of scripture will be related throughout the message. Um, in in the uh, sense of missions, it says Second Timothy four chapter uh, chapter four verse one. I charge. Thee therefore before God, Paul talking to Timothy and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering in doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, And they shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Father, we ask your help as I preach tonight. Lord, encourage us, help us to uh, just obey uh, what your word says. and, And Lord, speak to our hearts in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. I think of just kind of related to what's been preached tonight, what Pastor said, the thought of had we not obeyed and gone to Albania. And I think of the souls that God allowed us to show uh, the truth of the gospel. And, and what a blessing. Just think if we hadn't have gone, if you hadn't have come to Ogden, if, if you hadn't have come to, to this place or wherever you are, brother, uh, wherever you are. Uh, if you hadn't have gone, just think of the people that maybe would not have been saved. Uh, we have a personal responsibility to obey the Lord. And when we're obeying Him, walking in the light of His Word, following in His paths, uh, a natural thing, a natural progression, in my opinion, is that people will be saved. People will hear the gospel because that's what we are to do, to share the gospel. And, it, and personally, it was a great day in my life when I got saved. My sins were washed away. I was under a load of guilt, dead in trespasses and sins. The wrath of God was abiding upon me. I was spiritually dead Uh, in trespasses and sins. I was doomed for the lake of fire. If I would have died, hell would have been my place forever. The lake of fire, my place forever. But then I found the Savior. You heard my testimony the other night. And night was turned into day. I became from a child of Satan, a slave to Satan, to a child of God. Praise the Lord. I have forgiveness of sins. I have the joy of Christ. I can live forever now. What a great thing that is. He took me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. Not because I went to church. Not because I was a good guy. Not because I, I gave money or anything else. But because... Jesus Christ loved me and died for me and gave Himself for me because I realized I was a sinner. And again, my place was hell. But that God sent His Son to die for me and I received His Son. I turned from my sins and put my trust in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Him tonight, you can do that very same thing tonight and you can know Christ as your Savior. And here's a great thing too. 
I can lose my car keys. And I've done that many times. They have this new thing here, this clip. What's that called? Tile. See, she's right on. Tile. And you can find your car keys with that, that tile. And I, I can lose my cell phone. Now, that's a thing with my wife and I. Can you ring? How many's ever done that? Hey, can you call my phone? And you hope you don't have it on silent, you know, so you can find your phone. You can lose that. I can lose my wallet. I can lose important papers. And I can lose my memory. And uh, where was I? And I can I can lose a lot of things, but I can never lose my salvation. Praise God. He's he's got me sealed. I'm sealed forever. I can never lose it. John 511 says, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the saint, on the name of the Son of God. So, so far, I'm, I'm just talking about salvation. We could even quit there. We could have an invitation. But listen, salvation for us is just the beginning. It's just the start of a whole new life. We have a whole new uh, a life before us. We have a whole new job. We have a whole new identity. In fact, we have a world to win. That's our main job is to tell others about Christ. It's a natural thing that when we get saved, we want to tell others. And I've been talking about this. I've talked about it in Sunday school, preached about it uh, Sunday night. But this is we're going to take this a step further tonight. This is kind of part C of, of this progression of messages And aren't you glad to be a part of a church that's obeying the Lord in missions and in in Bible teachings and teaching uh, doctrine, the proper doctrines that we should have? You support many missionaries and sending them to different parts of the world, um, trying to obey the Lord. And we know that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and he's given us a command to go unto all of the world. And because of that, we can have boldness. Because He gave us the command, we can have boldness as we go tell others about Christ. God is with us. God is behind us as we go. I, I remember I was watching a, um, an old cowboy movie. I love the old westerns, the black and white. And um, this uh, new man came riding into town. And he was, uh, this town had just lost their sheriff. I think he was killed by the bad guys in town and and but this new guy came in and they said, hey, we need a new sheriff in town. You want to be the sheriff? And he said, yeah, I guess I'm, I don't have anything else to do. So they made him the sheriff. And immediately they said, OK, sheriff, up in the place, uh, up in the saloon, there's a bad guy in the saloon and he's a really bad person and he needs to leave. And he said, OK, I'll go up there and tell him to leave. And they said, don't you want to take a gun? He said, no, I'm going to talk to him. And I'll be nice and you'll see that uh, uh, talking with him will convince him the right way. And so they went up there and he went up and confronted this guy. But what he didn't know was behind him was 20 other of the men of town with their guns out. And behind him, they were aiming the gun at the bad guy. And he went up and talked to the bad guy and he said, Mr. Bad Guy, I need for you to leave town. And as the bad guy looked, the sheriff, he also saw who had his back. And he said, oh, I think I will leave town. And so he got up and left. And when the sheriff turned around, the men put their guns back behind their backs and hit him. And he said, see, all you need to do is talk nicely to these bad guys and they'll leave town. The point is, God is like that. He has our back. We're always, uh, 
He's always there with us through thick, through thin, through hard times and through bad times. But what I want to direct this message to tonight is not just that we need to reach Jerusalem, but who's going to reach uh, Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world? Could it be someone here? Could it be some of you? Why should we go and reach the world and reach other towns? And we already know one answer is that Jesus commanded it. Uh, we have that command. We have that order from, from the Lord. And I know we, you send money. I know many write letters. By the way, don't write letters. We thank you for letters. Don't write them in to Albania because we really don't have addresses there. If you want to know where we live, if I order a pizza, I was telling the Skeens today, if I order a pizza, it's, um, they say, where do you want us to deliver it? So I, I tell them the uh, gas station in front of our house, over at Fiortes, by Fiortes. You, you, you don't have addresses, we don't. And so our, any letters, they just get thrown into trash, I guess, or put under somebody else's house, I don't know. But I'm glad you do that thing. You pray for missionaries. And I know you're from fulfilling the Great Commission by sending and supporting missionaries, but could it be that there's somebody here even that would uh, be called to the mission field? I can remember my pastor, ever, he likes to take missions trips uh, to certain countries. He's never come to Albania, and I don't know why, but he likes to take them. And he said in his heart, he was surrenders to every field if God would call him. Here's a man, and I think you know him, preacher uh, Doug Hammett, over 60 years old. He went to the country of South Africa, had a big church in Pennsylvania, said God called him to South Africa. He went, he and his wife. God does not choose people who are qualified for his work. He does the choosing, and when they're willing, he qualifies them. You may say, I don't have a Bible degree. Well, you surrender yourself first, and God will qualify you. Missions is not a maybe, but a must. Our best ability is availability. Are you available? Are you saying, God, whatever you want me to do in my life, I'm available. Christ's last command is to be our first concern. And listen, we're not all called, but we all ought to consider it. We all ought to think about it. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are, but we ought to consider about fulfilling that great commission and even availing ourselves to go as far as wherever God would take us. And uh, anyway, okay, let's go on. Why should we go? Because the need is so great. There's such a great need throughout the world here, but throughout the world. Uh, Pastor uh, mentioned this earlier uh, in the week, and he said in Matthew chapter nine, then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Ever since Jesus spoke these words, there's been a shortage of laborers. The world population is getting bigger and Christians per capita are getting smaller. Morality is at an all-time low. Abortions and bad things, terrible things are at an all-time high. Poor conditions are in many of our churches we need more churches to preach the true gospel. There's been a lot of compromising going on as we know, uh, especially nowadays. We need them to preach salvation through grace, by, by grace through faith. The whosoever will gospel, soul winning, devil hating, King James only Bible preaching churches, sin hating churches. 
Because 150,000 people die a second every day to a second every day. These could be old uh, statistics because I've wrote this a while back, but 150,000 people die every day. Two people every second. 400,000 are born every day. That's an increase of 250,000 people every day, 90 million a year. 9% of the world speaks English. 94% of all ordained preachers in the world minister to the 9% who speak English. 96% of all Christian finances are spent in the United States. Isn't that amazing? 4% is trying to reach the rest of the world. And, and if we think about it, in the last 30, 35 years, we've seen so many countries opening up. Just like uh, Burma is just now is opening back up. Um, and, and the countries of Russia, Ukraine, all that, the Soviet Union, former Soviet Union, former Yugoslav Republic, uh, Romania, Czech Republic, all of those, uh, East Germany, all of those countries have opened up. And we've had missionaries go in, but not near enough. There's so many countries I could think of around Albania, uh, Montenegro, no missionaries at all in that country. North Macedonia, I know of one guy now going there. Serbia, I've heard of one missionary in Serbia. I've just now heard of one in Bulgaria. I know of two in Croatia, one in Slovenia. Uh, I don't know of any in Bosnia. But think about that. That's a smaller population of the world, but we need more missionaries. There needs to be more people going. Uh, and it could be, could be you. Why should we go? Because so few, few Christians are obeying the call. Uh, and, and I'm going to be honest, totally honest with you. Um, and you already know this. I'm not the greatest preacher in the world. I'm not the greatest speaker or, or the greatest. Uh, I don't present myself maybe as well as a lot of these polished. I've seen some polished missionaries. I've seen some just I look at these people. And I think, man, that I, I just I'm jealous of them. But. I, I feel like this. I'm just surrendered. And there's better people that maybe should have gone to Albania or to these other countries because they could have done a better job. But maybe they didn't go. And that's I'm like the third team. That's why I feel like I'm third string. Isn't that what you were saying, brother? I'm just third string. And, I, you know, it's like anybody, any volunteers and you're looking around. I'll, I'll go. And God said, well, nobody else is going. I guess I'll have to take you. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with obeying the Lord like that. And, um, but do I like everything about the mission field? You know, I'm a country boy. I, we lived, our last house before we moved down to Springfield, you had to go down a steep hill, cross a running creek. And when it had a good rain, you couldn't cross that creek. Cross a slab, up a hard hill. And when it snowed in the winter, it was treacherous. And you could not see anybody from our house. I mean, I was cutting our firewood out of our yard. You know, that's how we carved our place out of the woods. And I love that. But where we live now, I call it Sardine City. Because, I mean, we are packed in there just like a bunch of ants. But you know what? That's where the people are. That's where we need to be. They can, we can win them there and they can go out to the villages and they can go other places and win, win their own people. But we need to be where the people are. And do I like the smells and things like that in the city? You can walk by sometimes and they'll, they're, I don't know why, but they like to steal manhole covers. So you got to be careful when you walk down the sidewalk. 
And uh, the, the smells that come out of that place, and you walk by the trash, do I like that? No. No, it about gags you sometimes. Do I like the driving there? You've already heard about that. No. No, it's dangerous. They, they give new meaning to, if you don't like my driving, stay off the sidewalk. That's, that's, I think that's their motto. And they're always, I don't know, I don't even want to go there because I'll get into flesh thinking about it. But driving is difficult. Do I like learning the language? I may have said that. I said it to somebody, but if you're going to be called to the missionary mission field, if God is working on your heart, study grammar. Study English grammar. It'll help you. They did the prop, they, wrong thing. They gave me a choice in high school. They said you can have grammar or you can have P.E. Now, which do you think I took, 16, 15-year-old boy? <laughs> oh, I'm going to take grammar. No, I took P.E. Don't listen to me, young people. You need grammar. So forget about P.E. You can do that later. But the language is it's, it's atrocious. It's full. It's just all grammar. Everything changes. My name even changes. I'm Kirk, Kirkoo, Kirkoon, Kirkoot. Yeah, just depending on how you want to use my name. So it's feminine, masculine, the cases. Now, my wife is the grammar Nazi, and, uh, and it helps her as she learns her way. I learn my way. Do I, do I like the fact that we left our families, our children back in the States? No, but it's okay because, like I said before, we're just pilgrims passing here, passing through on this earth. It's a short time. I read this verse the other day, but it goes along with the preaching. The verse I read at first, preach the word. Romans 10, 14, uh, how shall them they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Esaias saith, Lord, who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How are they going to hear unless you go? How are they going to hear unless we go? We were the first missionaries. Uh, as far as I know, I, we had one other man go out of our church and, and um, take a church in Iowa. But other than that, we are. As uh, far as I know, our original church, we're the only missionaries ever being sent out of that church. We were from a city of, at that time, probably 3,500. If God can call us out of a little old podunk town, way out in the middle of nowhere in Missouri, God can call you. God can use you. Just surrender and just see what God would have you do in your life. It may not be overseas, but you ought to consider the possibility. We talked about here, we've got people reaching Jerusalem Let's think now Judea, Samaria, to the other most parts of the world. South America, Africa, Europe, all over Asia, all over the world, we need more missionaries. And again, these might be old statistics, but there are only about 5,000 independent Baptist missionaries, families serving on the foreign fields. And this is interesting. You mentioned about deputation. And I got this statistic. It seems kind of high, but maybe it's not. 43% of all missionaries never complete deputation. Yeah. Less than 1% of students attending a Bible college ever even consider the mission field. Oswald J. Smith said, no one has a right to hear the gospel twice while there remains people who have not heard it once. 
I read a quote by, uh, I don't know if it's in a book, or I read a quote by Hudson Taylor with the uh, China Inland Mission. A uh, one-legged man came in to talk to Hudson Taylor, and he said, I'm available. I, I, I would like to go to the, the, the mission in China, but he said, I only have one leg. And it said Hudson Taylor looked out the window and saw many people walking by with two legs. And he said, here, this man has one leg and he's willing to go. And he accepted him, took him to, the, took him to China with him. Don't think, too, if you don't get involved. Now, this may be, this may be more my opinion, so I, I, I don't necessarily have Bible to back it up, but I'm going to give you my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. Don't say in your heart, well, if I don't go, somebody else will, will go. If I don't go, God will raise somebody else up to, to take my place. Uh, that's true many times, but it may not always be true. It may be that God has called you, and if you don't go, the job's not going to get done. I, I, that's just what I believe. God has a plan and a purpose for everybody here in your life. He has a plan. He has a, he has a specific thing for you to do. Uh, and maybe many things, but a specific job for you to do while you're here on this earth. Why should we go? Because the time is short. Right. We believe that Jesus could come any day. Look around you. You'd have to be blind not to realize that, that we are actually living in the end of times. John 9, 4 says, I must, Jesus talking, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. This is so serious. I'm 64 years old. And it seems like yesterday I was in high school. It seems like not long ago we were married. And then we had children. And now all of a sudden, here I am. I'm, I look in the mirror and I think, who is that guy? And what's weird is um, everybody that I see that I graduated high school, they look old too. And I haven't figured that one out yet. My wife and I are at the point to where we say, if I repeat things or tell you a story I've already told you before, like my dad used to do, you know, he used to tell me the same story over and over. And just for respect, I would laugh at it every time or yeah. yeah. So our, our uh, understanding is with each other is that, OK, if I tell you a story, you've heard it 10 times, just act like you haven't heard it and just smile and laugh. And I'll do the same with you. So I'm doing that with her all the time. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I'm glad you're not up here. You know, now, now is not the time to quit. It's time to go on and, and go harder. I ran track and cross country in high school, and I always knew when I came to that final corner that I had to pick it up. It was time because the finish line was just around that corner and a, and a ways down the straight there and and that was the time to uh, pick it up, and this is the time to pick it up. I, I probably told this story, but I I, I like it because it makes a good point. When I was here ten years ago, if you've heard it before, just act like you haven't. So that's the benefit of getting old and preaching. So you can tell the same thing. But I I um, when I was at the church in Springfield, and uh, I started running uh, again. I hate running. I do it. Because I need to, because I, I get this thing here, and for healthy reasons. And so I began running once again. 
down a road. I could only run a hundred yards maybe the first time, and I'd walk a while, and then I'd run a while and walk around. But I got up to where I could run. I would run probably one or two miles, and but I always would quit, stop, walk a ways, and uh, and so I was getting in shape, doing pretty good. Um, you can run better when you lose more weight. I found that out. When you're heavy, you go slower. When you lose weight, you go faster. But some of the guys at church said, hey, we're going to run in this uh, 5K that they have in Springfield. And, uh, and would you like to run with us? I said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be good. And so my idea, okay, not only I want to beat the younger guys, try to, but um, I know my plan would be run a mile and a half, two miles, walk a little bit, run a while, walk a little bit, because it wasn't for, uh, you know, life or death or anything like that. So the race day came, and uh, they put these little timing things on your shoe that whenever you cross the starting line, no matter if you're way in the back, you don't, your time doesn't start till you cross that uh, line. And just a little hint in case you ever run a 5K, start at the very back because you got all the slower people in front of you, and by the time your time starts, and then you feel like you're doing good because you're passing all of these walkers and, and the older people, and you're passing, you feel, hey, yeah, that's right. And, uh, and so you, you, you're running on down the road, and um, I was running, and I was doing okay, but we had this long hill to go up, and this one race, I'm getting two races kind of mixed in together, but this girl was pushing a her child in a stroller running she was probably i don't know 25 and uh i'd never had a girl beat me before but a lot of girls beat me in this race but this is a girl pushing her child and we're running side by side and i'm thinking i wish she'd lag back or something and uh but we get up this hill and i'm thinking i gotta stop when i get up here because i'm dying and, and the people were up the top of the hill and they were saying go don't quit keep going they had signs and everything and and you know i'm like you know, you think this is easy. Why aren't you out here running? And I'm, I'm out here dying. But they wanted me to keep going. And so, okay, I kept going. And we came around the corner, and there's another little hill. And the rest of the way is down, back hill, uh, downhill. And I got up to the top of that hill, and there they were again. Some other people, go, go. And they were cheering. And I thought, I can't walk. I can't just stop in front of these people. They're cheering me on, and I'm going to walk now. So I did. And this girl, she's still running along beside me, pushing her child. And I'm thinking... This would be real embarrassing if she beat me. And we came around the last corner, but I was still going. I didn't quit. And this girl, when she got to that downhill, she just took off and I couldn't catch her. Just, I'm just admitting this girl beat me. And not just a girl, but she was pushing her child in a cart and she beat me. So that's just the way it goes. But, but the idea is I didn't quit. Praise God. I was whipped. And I was tired and dead, but I didn't quit. And, and the, the, what I want to relate to you is don't quit. No matter how tired you get, no matter how it hurts, there's people watching that need us to continue on. Let me just say this before I quit. Get yourself in a position to hear God. As you say, I don't know what God would want me to do. Know your Bible and saturate your mind with it. Ponder the needs of the world. Listen humbly to spiritual people in your life. Consider uh, cultivate absolute surrender of all you are and have to Christ. True Christianity cannot be moderately important. It has to be totally important. We only have one life. This is a person that God leads to the greatest 
fruitfulness in life. One that says Christianity is, it cannot be moderately important. Woe to the person who tries to be a half Christian and never says from the heart, I renounce everything for you, Lord Jesus. And say this in your heart, and I quit. I am willing to go anywhere and do anything for God at any cost. And He will, if you do that, He will be with you.